7 Marriage Podcast. I am Javier Labrador, and I'm here with... Shannon Labrador. Yeah. You see the difference in how she says it? <laughs> Javier Labrador, and she says... Shannon Labrador. Shannon Labrador, like the dog. <laughs> it's still Labrador, no Shannon matter how Denise you roll Denise Labrador. The R's. And I'm Javier Antonio Labrador. You're the Spaniard, and I'm the Irish, because my real name is Shannon Denise Shannon McCafferty. Denise McCafferty. McCafferty. Hey, hope you're all doing amazing and awesome. And uh, so we're going to do something a little bit different today as we jump in. But Ask for- us anything whoa, Tuesday. Okay, Shannon. Whoa, eardrums. What? Um, so, <laughs> eardrums. Um, yeah, we, we're going to, we have a couple questions that we're going to answer and then kind of jump into uh, a short topic. And um, yeah, uh, but before we do that, um, I usually do this at the end, but I want to tell you, like, you know, our desire and hope is that we continue to to be a blessing to you guys and uh, connect with more and more listeners in the podcast. And so if you know anybody who would benefit from the podcast, please share this, send it out to them, but also rate and review. That helps us uh, tremendously. And if you want to support the work that we're doing with 24-7 Marriage, you can do so. Um, we're talking about, I guess, debating about doing a Patreon um, that gives you the opportunity to kind of support the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, at very minimal amount per month, but it helps us reach more couples. So if you've been impacted by this, keep an eye out for that. Um, we may be starting that soon, but also... Hey, stop shaking your leg. But also you can go to our website, right, for giving. Yeah. Um, you can go to 247marriage.org. There's a donor and you button. you can actually uh, donate on there uh, to help keep the work that we're doing um, with the Marriage Lab uh, currently on the road and uh, just all the other resources that we provide. So, so I just I just learned something that could be life-changing, <clears throat> and it's a fun, quick <clears throat> fact, and I'm going to share it with you. Are okay. you ready? I just found out that when you go to Chick-fil-A, you can ask for your fries extra crispy and they fry them longer so they're a little darker and crispier cuz you know how they're Still just a little, a little they're a little flimsy. Oh, they're good no, to, no, but they're to, not great. I mean, and I try so some of that. when you go up to the register and you say I want my fries extra crispy, they say it'll take a few more minutes but it's totally worth the wait. So that's for free. Is that what they will say? It'll take a few more minutes but it's totally worth the wait. Well, they won't say it's totally worth the wait. I'm oh. saying Wait the extra five minutes and get the fries extra crispy because those waffle fries are amazing. And then, oh, sorry, well, you just threw your phone on the table. I apologize. And wait for them to be extra crispy. So everybody, go do that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do you so, like limp fries? I kind of feel that same way about In and Out. They need to be. No, I, I like In and Out fries. Oh gosh, they're too flimsy. I mean, we're we're we're. Plant-based, so we don't eat out, but I like their fries. Their fries are very good. I like them. If they're just, if they just come, they're always fresh. Uh, I mean, Wendy, Wendy's right has there, good so. fries. They have good, they're called like natural cut sea salt fries. They're really good. I used to like McDonald's, but now I know about how they genetically modify their potatoes, and now I won't eat them. But I'm sure. Who? McDonald's. Oh, they always done that. with. I mean, why would you ever go to McDonald's for a French fry? Well, like, Disneyland back in the day used to have their, a French fry cart no. over by they uh, Big pota- Thunder Mountain. They want their potatoes to be perfect, and so they're ge- genetically modified potatoes, so they don't have imperfections. And I know. No. I just want a good French fry. You know what I do like? 
let's just finish. Let's just round up okay, this now conversation. I'm getting hungry, so okay, let's can, let's wrap this I up. I know, in four but minutes but I'm gonna say this. <laughs> my if I had to, my to choose, I'm gonna choose tater tots. All right. If you're out there, leave a comment. I need right? to know comments from people. Tater or fries? Are you, no, no. Are you guys Chris cut, <laughs> French fry, tater tot? That's what we need to know. We okay. need to know in the comments. You just lowered my volume down. I didn't yell because you said tater tots. Like you said it really loud, and I didn't. so it causes people's. Now- if you think that Javi is obnoxious, leave that in the comments too. <laughs> I do have that gift. Yes. Yeah, I do have that gift. Yeah, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Um, Are you ready for our first question? Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're gonna do a little different. We're gonna have a couple questions. We're gonna answer pretty quickly, and then we're gonna jump into uh, a little bit of a topic, and yeah, and kind of go from there. So, our first question comes from a listener. No. How do you bring up doing a book study or reading a devotional together? So that's a great question. Like, how do you, how do you bring that up? Um, I mean, I think it's simple as bringing it up. Javi, that is, you know that they want more than that. I I mean, in the sense that if you're you're desiring to do a book study or devotional with your spouse, like sometimes some spouse say, well, you know, they don't like doing that. They don't like reading. So they don't even get to the point of actually asking their spouse to do that. And so I would say if you haven't asked, if you haven't talked about it, find a way that works and the right timing to bring it up to them and say, you know, there's something like I really, I think you can actually approach it like, and like, I think I would love to like spend some time where we get to maybe draw closer together um, that we can go through uh, understanding how to better maybe the devotional is about, you know, serving one another or it's about communication or trust, whatever it may be. You know, this is an area I think that, you know, I want to do better in. I think, you know, we both can um, and would love to do this with you. Yeah. Would you be willing to kind of like, maybe we can do it once um once a week, or we can do it on our phones and make comments back and forth to one another. Find what um, works. I think what this listener might have meant was um, her, it sounds like maybe her husband's apprehensive a little bit. And sometimes in the couples that we coach, there can sometimes be somebody who um, maybe has a love for learning and reading more than the other one. Maybe one spiritually really digs deep into their walk with God than the other one. And I'm just going to speak for myself. If Javi would have asked me to do a devotional in year one, I would have taken great offense to it because I would have assumed he was implying that I'm not smart enough, I'm not spiritual enough, and that I need to do this. And he did not say or mean any of that, but that's how emotionally Im- no, I'm <laughs> shut up. I'm so that was how emotionally immature I was back then. So I get sensitive when when spouses, you know, want to ask their spouse. It's like there's the there's like Javier just said, it's about timing, it's about what you're asking, and and really inviting them into to to do something deeper. Now, if you're using the Bible app. There are some devos on there that are just like three days. And I think that is a great launching pad to do something with your spouse. Say, listen, this is only for three days. We're going to read it. We're going to comment and we can read each other's comments. We can even talk about it over dinner or at night or when we're in bed. That's a great place to start. And then maybe you can 
be like, hey, what if I bought this book and we read it together? So I think you just have to start yeah. small and be intentional. But understand one another in yeah. terms of how, like if you're if it's your husband, he, how he processes information, what would be enjoyable for him. Maybe it's reading something and then going for a walk and talking because he likes to be outside. And so whatever is the best way, there doesn't have to be one way, right? Yeah. Sitting down and talking. Um, find what works for both of you. Yeah. Right. Okay, okay, are you ready for question number sure. two? Okay. How can I show my spouse support through their sobriety journey with all the ups and downs? So that's a big, that's a big, big question. Um, that's you know, a great question. Uh, we've navigated that with with several couples, um, and you know, not knowing everybody's situation is a little bit different, right? But there, I think there are some core things that you can do. And I think what's important with somebody who's navigating sobriety um, is that they still do understand that you are with them, that you believe in them, um, that you that you are committed to this journey with them. And that's hard because I don't know, again, the situation, you know, um, some couples, like it's it's a day by day type of process. It's literally 24 hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's being able, I think, to shift and change how you view the person navigating sobriety to recognize they don't have an alcohol or drug problem. They have a a you problem, a them mm-hmm. problem, right? Yeah. That they're navigating and this is just symptomatic. And so it's being able to choose to see them Right, with eyes of grace and mercy and understand like what they're going through is not the truest part of who they are, especially if they're navigating so you know, navigating this and it's like you've already been married for a number of years and it came up and now they're going through this season. Yeah. So when when somebody's an addict, like when they start to feel alone and that they um have to walk this out by themselves and that they are letting people down that can lead them, of course, to patterns of behavior that just won't be healthy for them in the long run. So I think one of the main things you can do is showing up in such a way where you're, they know you're there and you're available to them consistently. And I'll just add to that, if you're the spouse that's married to someone who's navigating sobriety, this is also happening to you. This is not just happening to your spouse that has the addiction. So you are living through this and the lens might be different, but you have to remember that you are going through this too, and it is affecting you so that you have to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. And I just shared with somebody um, on Instagram that asked this question. I said, have you ever heard of Al-Anon? And she's like, I think I've heard of it, but I've never actually gone. And she just messaged me a couple days ago and says, I found a meeting and I went to my first one and it's really, really eye-opening and helpful. So remember that you also are going through something that you need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself socially, emotionally, mentally, um, and that you have those people in your life. And when I say people, it could just be one person or maybe just a a select few that um, can be a sounding board for you, can be a shoulder for you to cry on, who are not going to judge you or your spouse, but that are there for you. Um, we, we've, we've been, we've been that for several people and it's, it's great to know that they have a safe place to come where they're not going to be judged and they're not going to be raked over the coals. It's like, you can just call me and you can just be, you can fall apart. 
and I'm just going to love you. And listen, I don't have to fix it necessarily. So, so make sure that you're taking care of yourself as you're being that rock and that support system for your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. And there's probably, there's probably a lot more we, we can, we can add to oh, that. We could go on for yeah, another hour. For, for quite a while on that. Uh, but yeah, great. Uh, good question. Good question. Yeah. Um, something I've been thinking about lately is. You've been thinking? Yeah. It happens on occasion. Um, but cool. I was talking with somebody who uh, potentially may be coaching and, you know, not going to give their names or anything like that. But we, we talked about the fact that in his marriage, like every time they had an argument or they had a disagreement, um, like they would separate, right? One would, you know, one would march off or storm off. And typically it was, you know, she would get frustrated or upset and go to the room, right? Or, you know, and then silence would happen. They'd be mm -hmm. silent with one another or she would be silent. And, and he always thought, well, this is what she wants. Well, this is, you know, she just wants to be left alone. And, um, quite the opposite. So I, so just, just this thinking of like, and I, and I actually talked about it in the post and a friend of ours, Jeff Borkowski, who we're going to have on the podcast as well, who wrote a book called better man, better marriage. He talks about this and I just need this pattern. And, you know, in reading his book, he talked about it as well. You know, that silence is a killer in marriage. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, if you're a guy listening to this and you think that you're doing her a favor by leaving her alone you're because not. she was upset from what you said, or maybe even she reacted the wrong way and just didn't know how to process it, but she took off and you think, I'm just going to leave her alone. You're like, fine, whatever. Like, you need to go after her. Like, what's happening when you, when that is taking place and again it happens with guys too it's not just females but particularly if if your your wife has stepped away has went to the room and closed the door you not walking in there is telling her that you're not worth fighting for mm. it's what's happening now there's a narrative playing in her mind do you see he doesn't pursue you. Do you see? He doesn't love you. Do you see? He doesn't want to come after you. Mm. You're not worthy of that. And all of a sudden, this is start, starts playing. What's worse is if she goes to the room and then you leave the house or leave wherever you're at and take off. Well, what's he going to go do? Right? Where's he going to be? Like, all this is playing in her mind, even though it may not be true. That's a narrative that's being played in her mind. Silence is deadly. Like silence mm -hmm. will kill so good. a marriage. Yeah. So from a woman's point of view, like if that happens and you go off into the room and then you're not, you know, I don't go in and pursue. I don't go in after you. Um, not to I prove feel, my, wait, not yeah. to prove my point. Because you don't go in there to, to further hash <laughs> it out, to prove your point. No, you're going in to rescue, rescue. the beauty. You're going in to say, Hey, are you okay? Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I own that. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, if you need time, I get it. You know. But can we talk later? Like, yeah. I love you. Like, what's going on in your mind if there was, if that just, there was silence and you left and I didn't come after you. I'm not valuable. I'm not worth fighting for. Um, you don't really, really, truly love me because you, you won't. You, you aren't willing to lay down everything to make sure that I'm okay or that we're okay. Um, I, I, I can't even think back. I, I'm sure that that happened early on in marriage where I stormed off or something like that. But yep. there's, there's times where we, we will have an argument or a disagreement and we'll just kind of get like, 
silent with each other just yeah. for the sa- for the sake of I don't want the next thing to come out of my mouth to be bitter and resentful. So I'm just not going to say anything. And we're pretty quick to resolve it. And I would say 90% of the time, you're the one who, even though you're usually not at fault, you will always say, I'm sorry. You will pursue me. You will say, I love you. I choose you. I'm for you. And, and, uh, and then usually I offer my forgiveness. I said 90% of the time. Do you think that I can? Can, <laughs> can I have 10%? Can I have 10% Javier? Yeah. Okay, thanks. Well, I, mean, I, I think and you're right. I mean, that's the, the story that we're telling our, our spouse at the time. And again, I'm, I'm kind of focusing, yes, on the guy, you know, if, you're, if your wife steps away. Yeah. And, and some guys would say, you know, well, what if I didn't know what was wrong? I have no idea what just Still happened. Still go in there. Go after her. I have no her. idea what I just said and why that made her upset. Well, then go find out. You're just not going to ever know? Like, go find out. Don't be like, oh, she always acts that way. Oh, that's what she always does. She just takes off. Then put your dang phone down or whatever it is you're doing (laughs) and go after her. Like my friend Jeff would say, you are not the princess. You're not the one in the castle that's going to be rescued. You are the man riding on your stinking stallion. And go after your spouse. Pursue her. If she pushes you away because she's ticked, maybe there's a reason why. Find out why. Listen and hear. And maybe it's not resolved. Maybe you got to turn your horsey around and come back and wait a little bit. Your horsey. <laughs> but go after her. Like my friend Jeff, actually in the book, he talks about breaking the silence. He says, it's imperative that you go first. You be the one to break the silence. It's not enough to go after her. You must be the one who opens your mouth. Don't Mm. go in there and just stand there and say, so? Mm. And don't start with a question. Like he says, don't start with a question. He says, don't say like, hey, where'd you go? You know where she went. Obviously, she's in the stinking bedroom, right? You found her, right? Don't say like, are you upset? Uh, Duh. Obviously, (laughs) she's upset. Or she wouldn't have stepped away or she wouldn't, right? He also says, like, don't ask, like, why are you so cold and distant, right? In this passive aggressive way. Like, don't ask anything. Don't ask questions. Yeah. You have to go in and you have to own it. Yeah. You have to go in and own that moment. And I think it can be reverse of a guy got upset and he goes away, right? And you know, as a spouse, you maybe as a wife, you said something that wasn't nice, that was cutting, that was degrading to him, disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Go find out. Yeah. Go own it, right? I mean, that's what's the most important thing is you have to close that gap between you, you at that moment. You have to eat crow, Javi. <laughs> you have to. Well, just silence again is deadly. Like Well, that and the, was and th- couples do that like for days at a time, not talking to oh, each other. Trust me, we've coached so many where they're like, "Well, it's day 8, we haven't talked." I'm like, "You haven't yeah. spoken a word to each other?" And what happens is really? you will grow bitter and resentful to each other and, contem- and you, you, contention. Well, you well, you contempt. Yeah. And you build a case, right? Our our um our good friend, best friend Anne Burkhardt, if she's listening to this, she's you're amazing. Be we love you. Now she gets and a shout out, Annie Banani. You know, she said this a long time ago. I've never forgot it. She goes, you don't want to be a lawyer, you're but a lover, yeah. right? You're not a lawyer, you're a lover. And oftentimes when you let that time go by, guess what? You you're building your case, right? Mm-hmm. You're getting stacks of paper and documents saying, well, yeah, you remember when they did this? You remember this? And basically now 
You are diminishing that person. You are devaluing your relationship, your marriage,、um, and really, you're allowing things to come in to draw a wedge between you. Yeah, it's so good. So if so, tell the tell the the wives out there, like if their husband shows up to the bedroom saying, "Hey, I know I upset you," and he owns it, like what's a good response? What's a good response? Yeah. Wait, say it again. <laughs> you got distracted. I was staring at the snow again. Oh, it's snowing again. Okay,、um, let's say the question again. What would be your response <laughs> if? Yeah, you went to the room and you're 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 frustrated. Yeah, right, upset. And then you come in. And I come in. Yeah, and I say, I, I you know I own that. You know I'm sorry that I I I reacted that way, or I'm not sure quite what happened. Can you help me understand? Like, yeah. How can wives respond well? Well, gosh, that's a loaded question, Javier. The first thing that comes to my mind would be:、um, we need to stop being passive aggressive and manipulative because we are we are so good at that,、um, and and the Bible calls us out on that so much. So don't be passive aggressive. If they ask a question and they're genuinely trying to find out, then state, "I feel when we were just talking in the living room or in the kitchen." You said this, and it made me feel fill in the blank. Yeah, you need to be clear with how you're feeling so、yeah. that they have a chance to respond. Yeah, and and even if you know you overreacted, eat crow and own. Well, not eat crow, but, but no, you have to own what you said and say, yes, you know own, what, yes, Javier, I know that I just overreacted in the kitchen with you. I shouldn't have overreacted about what you were talking about, but it upset me, and this is why. So that you can get to resolution, isn't that the core of what we're trying、yeah. to get to? No, you have to get, you have to have ownership, and and you can't be saying stuff like, "Well, you should know." Well, no, because here's the thing: most Listen, men just guys don't, don't know. And if you expect them to try to figure it、They、out, it's、know. not fair. So you're going to have to communicate through that and, and let them know. And I've been what... married 29 years, and there's some things that I seriously assume Javi should know by now.、Yeah. I mean, you've been with me. We've been together for thirty three years. You think that you should know,、yeah. and he is kind of clueless. That, no, I'm not clueless. I am not clueless, Shannon. Not. There are times where I don't understand what's happening or what I said. What word would you and use instead of clueless? It's, it's process. It's not clueless. It's I am. I'm not using the right wording. I don't not understanding the situation. I'm not understanding maybe what you're feeling. Yeah, and I'll say, hey, how come you didn't pick up on this? And this is what I wanted. And you're like, I. I had no idea, Shannon. I don't know if it's clueless, is it? As opposed to sometimes we just don't know how to respond to certain situations because what worked yesterday、AKA、doesn't、clueless. work today. Well, okay. So, <laughs> well, guess what? We're at the end of our podcast, and I want. Well, I know. I, hold that- on, but I wasn't done. I wanted one more thing. I、I'll、wanted to tell. I、it. wanted to tell the guys. Put a like, bow on. Just、it. be sure that if those moments happen, that you do own it. That you go after your bride. Yes. You pursue her, and you don't go in to defend. You don't go in to prove your point. You don't go to make your case. You go in to move into her space and say, "I can't imagine like what I said, how that felt. I I apologize. Like I I own that,、um, or help me better understand like 
where we're at or how what I said was hurtful because, and that's okay. And don't get frustrated when your spouse says that, right? Be open, hear, listen. They're trying to come to you, right? Yeah. Um, so the, the, one of the most difficult things you can do is when your husband comes after you and then you reject him, mm. um, That's yeah. hard. Yeah. Because now over a period of time, he might start retreating because he realizes it doesn't even matter. Like I go in and try and then, to do the right thing and, and she still rejects me. And then he stops trying. He stops trying. And yeah. I would tell you guys, don't stop trying. Do yeah. not stop trying. Because there's a reason why maybe she is um, navigating it that way or pursuing it that way. Don't stop trying. Javier um, fought for me for five years and we wouldn't be where we're at if he stopped trying. I That's fought. Anyways, we appreciate each and every one of you. I and wanna, Chan wants to say something. Yeah. I know so many of you are going to message us, and I want to give a shout out to Jeff. This book that we're reading from is called Better Man, Better Marriage by Jeff Borkowski. I'm going to spell his last name, B-O-R-K-O-S-K-Y. You can get it on Amazon. It's called Better Man, Better Marriage. So if you want to read this book, you want to buy it for somebody you know, you want to buy it for your spouse, go to Amazon, Better Man, Better Marriage. There's a plug. And Jeff is actually going to be on the podcast. Um, you know, he's on Jersey time. We're on Pacific time. So we're going to coordinate and Javi and Jeff, they'll do, they'll do a, a man-to-man podcast. So we, we've got to get Jeff on here. Got to make that happen. Um, please rate and review our podcast um, please subscribe so you never miss an episode uh, of our next podcast. And always remember this, in marriage, you don't have to. You get to. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to the 24-7 Marriage Podcast. Help us expand our reach by rating and leaving us a review on iTunes. Make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more information on the work we do and how to support 24-7 Marriage, head on over to 247marriage.org and click on Partner With Us. Until next week, remember, in marriage you don't have to, you get to.